This is the Sales Gravy Podcast. I'm Jeb Blunt, best-selling author of Fanatical Prospecting and Sales EQ, and I'm here to help you open more doors, close bigger deals, and rock your commission check. On this episode, I discuss salesonomics, or the economics and science of getting the highest ROI out of a sales team with Chris Beal, who is the CEO of Connect and Sell. What Chris has to say is brilliant. He is a master at the numbers behind sales productivity, and he should be, because his company, Connect and Sell, transforms sales organizations and reshapes their productivity. If you want to learn more about Connect and Sell, just go to connectandsell.com. That's connectandsell.com, and you can sign up for a free demo. Before we get started, I have a favor to ask. If you like this podcast and you find value in it, do me a big favor and go to wherever you get the podcast, iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever, and write a quick review or just rate the podcast. It helps us tremendously with keeping the podcast high in rankings and helping other people find it. And if you love these messages, make sure you check out my YouTube channel. I post new videos almost every day, and these videos are short and impactful and will help you make more money. Now, here is my conversation with Chris Beal on the economics of sales. Hi, this is Jeb Blunt, CEO of Sales Gravy. Welcome to another episode of Sales Masters. I have with me today, Chris Beal, who's the CEO of Connect and Sell, one of the most amazing sales tools in the market today and our personal secret weapon. Welcome, Chris, to the show. Great to be here, Jeb. Chris, I want to get right to it because I've gotten a lot of questions lately from sales leaders and executives who are dealing with the mathematics of running a sales team. I even had a CFO call me recently from one of our clients who is is interested in how do they know they're getting ROI of a rep? What should a rep's productivity be in terms of dollars? And and where does the, you know, where did you 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 cross the curve between onboarding a new rep and when they start producing? And and I, not that we have any definitive answers and not that we're giving out and dispensing advice for sales teams right now because every sales team is unique, but I'm interested because I've seen you post this before, the metrics and the, and the math that you advise your clients with on developing sort of the science and the mathematics and the economics of running a sales team. Sure. I mean, it's my favorite subject in the world, even though I think in the world of sales, not everybody's a big math enthusiast. Uh, But when you're putting together a team, the real question ultimately is where do you want the constraint on your business process of producing new business, producing new net new logos is normally what folks want to do. Some people just want to produce revenue. But for most companies that are using sales as an element of their strategy growing into markets, they want to add logos. And then on top of those logos, they want to maybe land and expand and add some more business. So you want to figure out, well, what's the flow rate I need on a daily basis of the meetings that are gonna be producing ultimately the discovery calls at some flow rate, right? some, some conversion. Uh, and, and how am I gonna get those meetings? It's really, in a way, it's almost as simple as that, right? If you take your company strategy and you say, well, what is it really? Well, a company strategy is kind of where I wanna go and how I'm gonna get there. And how I'm gonna get there is, if I'm using sales, it's gonna involve selling. And selling involves having discovery calls that lead to closing calls of some kind with a lot of work in between. And to get the discovery calls, I've got to have conversations, get the conversations. I have to have something. I have to have something. I could send emails. I could do social stuff. I could do a whole bunch of things. 
that ultimately I'm going to have to have a conversation with somebody. So to me, what's interesting mathematically is the conversation, the flow rate, the rate of conversations per rep per day turns out to be the most important number. And you can back into that number in a very simple way. Start with how much money are you trying to make? Divide that by the average size of a contract, the ACV. Don't worry too much about ARR and all that stuff unless you live in Silicon Valley. If you do and you're running a SaaS company, then do that one, right? Either one of, one or the other. It's either what do you sell it for or what do you get in a year for, from a new logo? So say that ratio is something like, um, say you're selling a product for 50,000 bucks, right? You say, okay, it's a $50,000 product and I need to, I need to make uh, uh, $500,000 a month. So I got to sell 10 of these every month. So I got my $50,000 product. How many net new discovery calls, that is logos entering the discovery process, do I need to, to go through in order to get one deal? And when I ask people this question, they usually say three. So I cut them down to five. So let's be a little bit more conservative. Let's say for every five customers that we engage at the discovery level, we get one net new, or five prospects, we get one net new customer. Okay, so that's, that's five, right? Now, how many conversations does it, get, does it take to get, to get a, a discovery conversation? I know the answer in general is about 20. At the very beginning, it could be a, a little bit less because you could harvest some low-hanging fruit, but we're looking at run rates here. We're not looking at an instantaneous, like what happens when I get lucky? What happens when I start with my pile of low hanging fruit? It's like, yeah, you know, now what really happens when we run this for a year or something like that? And your answer is likely to be 20. So now what's really interesting is we just found out something that we didn't know, which is how many conversations do we have to have? So for every customer we're gonna get, we have to have a hundred conversations. We have to have five meetings, right? Five, five discovery calls. And we got to have 20 conversations to get each one and 20 times five is a hundred. That's convenient because we can all multiply and divide by a hundred. So here I am, I got my 50,000, my 500,000 bucks I'm trying to make. I need to sell 10 deals. For each one, I have to have a hundred conversations. So I need a thousand conversations a month. All I have to do now is figure out how many conversations per day or per month. I'll, I'll have my months have 20 days in them. Well, my sales reps have. Somebody has to have that, those conversations. It could be SDRs, it could be AEs, doesn't make any difference. Somebody has to have those conversations. And from that, I can figure out how many people I need. And it's really, really simple. So in this particular case, we needed a thousand conversations a month. So say my reps are having four conversations a day. I'm doing this math in my head, guys. So I, I mean, we could get in trouble here, right? So four conversations a day per rep. So let's see, that's uh, if it were for a month, I'd need 250 reps, but I can divide by 20 because they got 20 days in the month. So that's pretty good. You know, my 250 divided by 20, what is that? Ooh, let's see, I actually, it's not that bad, is it? It's like, I need, you know, is that really five people having those? Well, whatever that number happens to be. So that's really the way I do it is I come back to what must happen. Conversations must happen. Those are the things you can't escape. I ignore all the other activities. How many emails? Who cares? I don't set meetings based on emails alone. I can't do it sustainably. 
how much outbound, inbound, blah, 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 blah. It doesn't really make any difference. At some point, I have to have human beings having conversation with human conversations with human beings to set up those discovery meetings. It must happen. It doesn't matter who does it. It must happen. And I'm going to calculate the size of my team based on the need to produce a flow rate of those conversations, X of them, whatever it is. We just went through the process every single month. Sorry about how long that was. It was quick math. It wasn't long at all. That was absolutely brilliant. I have never heard anybody put it in such simple terms. And what I really dig about what you just said is that you get rid of all the noise. It speaks my language, right? Simplify. Anybody can you know, take something that's simple and make it complex. It's taking something complex that you just you just took out of, you know, out of your head and making it simple that is true genius. And that was fantastic. Um, I, 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 I'm, thank you so much for, for joining us today and providing us with that, with that insight. Um, let's, let's step back and, and, and add one more, one more question. So if you are, say you're an entrepreneur, say you're a growing business, uh, say that you currently have an outside sales team, you're looking at maybe an inside sales team, but you're at that point where you're thinking about adding headcount and making an investment. And I know a lot of businesses, including mine, are you know in that space, especially with the economy kind of cruising along the way it is. Give us your like your just top three to five pieces of advice that you would give that that leadership team right now uh, for for launching that that sales team or you know leveling up and adding on to their sales team. Well, adding on is scary, of course, because I mean, talk about we talked about invisible strangers in another conversation. Your net new sales rep as uh, as a stranger is going to become real, real visible to you really soon. Maybe in a way that you don't happen to love. And, uh, you know, you're not going to like what you see some of the time. And so avoiding that problem of hiring somebody who turns out to have a fatal flaw is, I think, the number one thing you have to do. The standard fatal flaw, they won't use the telephone. They won't talk to people. So I would know more if I were running an NFL team. Would I ever hire a running back if I didn't work them out? Right? If I didn't put a stopwatch on them, if I didn't see what they can actually do on the field. That would be craziness, Right. Right. We do it all the time with salespeople. We hire them based on a self-reported track record. I'm really good. I did a lot of stuff at my last company. I'll show you something that looks vaguely like my W-2, right? Whatever it happens to be. Why don't we work them out? So my recommendation is put them on the phones, have them call your prospects and sell to them their charity, the rep's charity. Sell them a donation to their favorite charity. There's no excuses. excuses. We, we do something similar here at SalesGravy. When we bring a new rep on, what we do is just put them on the phone and have them call our prospects because, you know, we've got advertising prospects. It's high velocity uh, and we'll make them call, make 10 calls. And we've been pretty successful. If we hand someone a list and say, make these 10 calls and they just sit down and make the calls and blow the calls out. Those people have a tendency to work out. We can, we can see the ones that are going to have a problem when they sit there and stare at it. And we combine that with an assessment called sales drive that is, I'm not allowed to say 100%, but 99% accurate in predicting whether or not the person will sell. It helps us get past that, that self-reported story that you get because salespeople are great interviewers. Uh, and by doing those two things, uh, that works out. So I'm glad to see that we've got number one tip down. We're, we're at least at sales gravy. We're paying attention to your advice. 
<laughs> there you go. Well, I, I'm hardly surprised. And I would have mentioned an assessment also because, you know, you can't take self-report. You've got to dig in and, and the thing you've got to dig past is their skull. And so there are some excellent assessments that can get to, will this person actually sell? Can this person actually sell? So I think that's, that's key. Number two is you've got to know that what you're asking them to do can be done repeatedly. And the only way to, do, to know that is to have somebody else do it. I am very, very down on entrepreneurs who don't sell themselves. If you can't pick up the phone and call people, if you can't sell your own product, if your first thing you do is rely on a salesperson you hire, you've introduced two variables as an entrepreneur that are going to interact in a way that makes your outcome completely unpredictable. So you've got to eliminate those variables. One is your product and your product market fit. You don't know. Second is how well is it being sold? You don't know. So now you've got, is it the sales rep or is it your product? And I have a story, I'm not going to use his name, but I, hope I may do it later, of a CEO who I uh, got lucky or whatever and convinced to actually do his own calling. And he set 100 meetings and he held 100 meetings. And the outcome was product needed to be thrown away and start over again. You will never get that out of a rep. You will never, you'll blame the rep, you'll get a new rep, you'll blame the rep, you'll get a new rep, and that cycle isn't going to work. You've got to know that what you're selling sells to an audience you can identify based on publicly available information. And if you don't, you're crazy to hire a new person. That's number two. I love that. Trust, but verify. Very good. Sounds like something Ronald Reagan might've said. Well, um, you know, it's a, it's a math problem, right? <laughs> it's a math problem when you're conducting, it's a science problem, really. You're conducting science when you're going to market. Yeah. You're doing an experiment. And you, you need to control the variables in an experiment. And so when you throw in a new variable, new rep, and then you say, well, what's going to happen? I don't know. We never really sold the product before. Like, okay. Uh, I think we're done now. There's no point in trying that experiment because no matter what happens, we're wrong. And number three, your number three piece of advice for folks that are ramping up or starting a new sales team from the man himself, Chris Beal. Maximize the number of conversations per day. Coach every single conversation. The idea of coaching once a week when somebody's on the phone early is crazy. So the way we do it is we put, uh, we just brought in a new rep the other day and we put her on the phone on day one. We give her a very simple script. Her job is to set meetings, not to sell the product. Product training gets in the way. Product belief helps. So you need to inculcate belief somehow. And I recommend having the person talk to a customer, a live human being whose life was changed. Ignore all the features, the functions, the marketing junk that you talk about and get into that new rep's heart. How does our offering change the life of one human being who happens to be in the buying organization, preferably the decision maker, sometimes somebody else? And so, you know, if you can get that belief, then you put them on the phones. Until you have the belief, you're wasting your time. The belief is like the tread on the tires. It's what keeps you from sliding around on the road. It's what keeps you anchored. And until you believe, it's really hard to sell. And we open our little script that we teach our reps with, I believe we have discovered a breakthrough. I believe. Not, I, I'm with Connect and Sell, and we have a platform that blah, 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 blah. It's, I believe we have discovered a breakthrough that completely eliminates the waste and the frustration 
that keeps good sales reps from using the phone effectively. Now, if you can say that and you truly believe it because you heard it from somebody who's you believe in, then you can set appointments. And until you can set appointments, until you can sell time, you can't sell anything. Man, I love that. And you know, I, I believe it too. I believe, I believe in connect and sell. I believe in what you do because I believe that what you do changes lives. I believe that it helps salespeople make more money. I believe that it takes all the noise out of the sales day so that salespeople can focus on what we do best. And that is having conversations with other human beings about how we can help them transform and change their lives and their businesses as well. And it's one of the reasons I wanted to have you on because I believe in your product so much and what you do. Uh, it's a, your whole team. I mean, when you talk about passion, like you've, what, what you just said is real. I mean, you live that because there's not a single person that I've ever met at Connect and Sell that doesn't like in their heart totally believe in what you do. So three great pieces of advice for getting started. Um, Chris Beal, CEO of Connect and Sell, do me a favor and tell people how they can get in touch with you personally. I know that you hang out on LinkedIn all the time, but what's the, what's the best way for people to connect with you? Really reaching out to me on LinkedIn with an invitation that uh, mentions you. Say, hey, Jeb, Jeb Blunt said that I should reach out to you. That's 100%er. That's going to work every single time. And that way also, you know, I publish our stats. I think I'm the only person on earth doing this right now publishing our team's stats every day. So you get to see those. And, you know, numbers, uh, they say they don't lie. Well, you can make numbers lie, but raw numbers published every day, sometimes you can extract a little truth from them. So, you know, come on, connect up with me and and enjoy the, the show, so to speak. Awesome. This was truly one of the most viable conversations that I've had uh, with someone on Sales Masters. I can't wait to put this up. Thank you, Chris, for joining us. And, uh, and y'all stay tuned for the next episode.